Hello and welcome to the Double F Digestive. I'm joined here by Matt and Paul, as usual. Welcome, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. It's been a been an interesting week, a fun one. Has indeed. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm holding up good. Holding up good. Um, obviously, it's been a bit of a mad week in the world of football. Mm. So yeah, I can't can't wait to dig our teeth into that. I'm sure all of you listeners are fully aware of what's been happening, the kind of roller coaster ride that we've experienced through these past few days. I mean, it seems like it's been uh, so much longer than it than it you know than it is. It's it's just been crazy the ups and downs, um, the miscommunication. Uh, it's it's been I I've not experienced anything like this in sport or seen anything like this sort of news coverage about uh it, it's just been mad um so this section we've not spoken about football for a while and i guess this isn't even you know talking about the nitty-gritty of football as well but we just have to talk about this european super league um and i understand that paul's got uh, some interesting thoughts that you know many of our listeners might not like to hear but you know it's uh it's valuable to have that on the show so i'm very excited let's we should we should also probably mention that it's um it's thursday evening so sort of the news that the league or the club's pulling out has, has happened and that's sort of mm, what we're responding it, to. yeah we've we've sort of we've experienced all of the ups and downs and we're at this point now where we can really look back so matt i'm gonna i'm gonna just take i'm just gonna ask you when this first came about and you first mm. read about it, so what what was the initial feeling, and um, yeah, how did you digest that? I just I, I thought it was like one of those is sort of like an episode of Black Mirror or something. No, that that's a bit far, but um, <laughs> it, it sort of really reminds me of you know. It's, I mean, it it is at the end of the day, it is just good business to quote. I don't know Cutler Beckett from Pirates of the Caribbean, um, but it's sort of this <laughs> this, this idea of. It's a great film. Um, It's this idea idea of like having a FIFA custom tournament in real life. Um, Mm. And and my my main issues with the Super League, there there, there are are parts of it that I completely understand in the sense that, um, you know, UEFA and FIFA aren't remotely pure organisations at all. And there's so much in the sport that needs fixing. But to set up a new, effectively sort of system um that would involve and it, it was the lack of it was the lack of accountability in terms of the lack of relegation the lack of stakes um mm-hmm. whether that these these european games being played week in week out would make would would they just lose their novelty um and it, it, but i mean you can it, it's very clear to see why this has happened is was the only thing but yes I, i'd say shock and um and i was i, I was against it completely i, I think yeah. sort of it's, it's very there's a lot of postulating from organizations like sky and the like because i mean they, they 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 have a leg to stand on but not it's a, it's a peg leg at that um and it's yeah yeah there's so slight, I, it, slight hypocrisy there but and it's and yeah, yeah it's it maybe a bit sort of it's a bit a bit of a shame to see that yes it's great to see the fans of football uniting sort of so viscerally um 
to combat mm -hmm. this but sort of if you look at other problems or it's all sort of uefa have not really dealt with racism in, in the sport at all yeah um, it, and that, that is definitely you know the energy with which they've shut this down and come out and spoken against it all these senior members of uefa it does make you think that um and i thought bamford uh spoke really well actually yeah. after the liverpool leeds game i mean because ultimately it was billionaires versus billionaires and we were just seeing mm. it play out in media because media was so heavily involved um because, yeah. because broadcasting was such an important part of this so it was really interesting in that sense um, yeah, because I... this is probably what a lot goes a lot of this probably goes on or does go on in the corporate world it's just yeah. it manifested in such a sort of because it's a it's football is the world's hobby absolutely and and it's also i guess interesting to note that it was you know billionaires versus billionaires uh and you know i, I just i really i hate the idea that you know uefa have won in any way i don't believe they have you know it's i, I think it's a big victory for the fans and for, mm. for football overall you know, yeah <laughs> football's won <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's really really impressive. Um, I'll, I'll I'll let Paul speak in a second. Sorry, I've harped on quite a lot here, but you, it's I I feel like UEFA and FIFA wouldn't have been able to do anything really. Um, mm. may, and and there, there's already yeah. kind of questions about where FIFA really stood on all of this because there's there was there's this Club World Cup that um, Infantino's been pushing for ages, um, and mm. he's uh, which is it's quite an interesting part of the story because that was very similar to what the Super League was going to be. Um, and with the, sort of the new election of the, I think the president of the African Federation, where by by Infantino basically, where they want to create an African Super League um, that would supersede Concaf. Um, oh, sorry, no CAF. Um, and so th th there was a, bit, a little bit of maybe a FIFA versus UEFA narrative in there as well. And if you look at the people who run these clubs, um, someone there's a there's um, there's a great book that I'd recommend to everyone by James Montague called uh, mm. The Billionaires Club. Uh, which which talks about all the all the, all the football sort of owners in football. It's a paperback. It's quite short. It's a good read. Um, you've got guys like what's his name, Paul Singer, who's in charge of AC Milan, and he's a he's a vulture fund um, capitalist. So sort of kind of like the most immoral type of of money making you can get in terms of just buying up debt, um, yeah. often countries' debts at that. And sort of this is this is a man who has as collateral a couple of Argentine warships. God. Um, so it, it, it did take something like the fans to stop this, um, because I think the organisations, the powers that be, would have been powerless. Yeah. And that's that's great in a way. Um, Paul, I, I want to come to you now. And, and um, you know, I sort of I've sort of spoiled the uh, the plot line that, that <laughs> perhaps you, you have you have some different views. But no, I, as in it's it's great to, to have this sort of debate because. Otherwise, you kind of, you know, it might have been rather a flat show. But yeah, I mean, I guess get get us on your side. It's it's a challenge. Well, I mean, I think like, Matt partly made my point for me. He said he completely understands why they did it. And that's what I think everyone is losing perspective of. But if we just circle back originally, I think that, you know, if, if you want a, a case study in how not to introduce drastic changes into sport, mm -hmm. then this is the perfect example. I think yeah. where the Super League initially failed was the fact that it broke over Twitter, right? You yeah. had journalists who undercovered the story. 
and were just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this massive coup is happening. And the news was trickling through, which just allowed people's rage to build. I feel like if it had been a proper, you know, proper press conference, obviously I think people still would have had their qualms, but I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but I feel like if it was a, um, you know, something that was was more properly rolled out, then people wouldn't have had such a negative reaction. I feel like because it, it just, it came from the standpoint of being something that was happening completely behind closed doors and behind everybody's backs that that mm. set it off in a bad light to begin with. So I feel like it never really got its chance in the sun. But for me, the reason why I'm, I don't even want to say I'm pro Super League. I just understand it. Um, and I think everybody does, but they also don't in the sense that for these clubs, it it makes complete sense. And I don't understand how anybody doesn't think that that's true. And the rebuttal I've been hearing a lot is, okay, so, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, etc., essentially crying because they can't afford to buy, you know, the Mbappes and the Haulands of the world. But that's not really the case yeah. in point. The case in point is it, it, it's, it's more so talking to the major issue that the football's heading towards, which is um, which is costs. Um, TV deals are booming. You know, I think especially you're seeing um, companies like Amazon getting involved and, you know, I'm sure in the future other providers will also, will also come in. Um, but TV deals are only getting bigger. More people around the world are starting to watch football, the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, all of, all of these different leagues. And these clubs that are the big draws are just not getting an equitable share of the money according to, you know, the viewers that they pull in. And they completely understand that. And they're saying, why should we be, you know, held ransom by UEFA when, you know, they're pocketing a large portion of, of TV money just because they host these tournaments? Why don't we take these into our own hands um, and therefore, you know, we can properly share out the money accordingly? And where I think they went wrong is obviously the whole you know problem around you know losing that competitive aspect because if you say that these 12 clubs mm. are never going to get relegated then that's obviously a problem but as i said initially i feel like it was marketed terribly because as i said this all kind of mm-hmm. trickled out you know slowly yeah but, i mean it's been it's been PSA. it's been sort of i mean boiling under the pot for about 10 years and sort of there've been rumblings of it um i think for a while um, and there's always like the old article probably every two or three years going back about 10, 15 years about Perez and his big plan. But if they, yeah, if, as Paul said, if, if they if they put up a, a nice glossy pamphlet with details on how the Women's Super League would be incorporated into this, with details on how um, the funding that's going to come into this is going to trickle down the different football pyramids in Europe, um, about grassroots funding, about how maybe they're going to build more youth facilities with these things. If that had all been presented as one neat package, I think it would have been exactly. a completely different reaction, albeit maybe get, getting rid of the, the, the lack of competitivity and the founders club sort of aspect yeah. of it. I think it probably would have been lapped up, in fact. In all seriousness, what did Perez say that was a lie? Everything he said in his press conference, maybe arrogantly, but it was all completely true. You know, all all these, you know, medium to small sized clubs, if they, they need the big clubs to thrive. And currently the big clubs are all in financial trouble. Maybe this wasn't the perfect solution, but it was a solution. Um, mm. And as I, you know, I, I really think that they would have tweaked aspects of it going forward. I don't think it would have stayed in that kind of 12 club format. And then, you know, five clubs earn a place on merit because, I, you know, that probably doesn't work. Um, but yeah, he, he, he told no word of a lie. And if anything, what I, what I thought was quite interesting and I thought was really ignored is the fact that, 
you know, if you have, let's take the Premier League, for example, so you have the top six that we will kind of, um, that, you know, we term the top six, but I mean, they, they did it by revenue. Um, mm. But you take away the top six from the league, you still have 14 clubs in the Premier League, but also the top six will still be in the Premier League. But my point is that now you have another six clubs, you know, you have your Aston Villas, Leicester, um, Wolves, I don't know, they're not doing so well. Everton, year, but, you know, Everton like, yeah, yeah. All these other clubs that would now be able to then go play in the Champions League and the Europa League. That's six teams that now get European um now get U- European exposure. And that surely, if if the fans that I was seeing a lot of on Twitter, on Sky Sports, all these people protesting, all these fans that claim that they love the game, they watch the game, continue watching the game. You'll be creating so much, you know, money for those clubs who are now getting the exposure to be on the big European stages. Although will will would the Champions League have had the same viewing figures as the Super League have gone ahead? But that's that's the big point. That's the big club's point is the fact that they are the reason why it's relevant, and they're mm. they they yeah, yes they're being a little bit childish and you know being that kid who's taking his ball home and saying you know I'm taking my ball now. There's no game, but from from their perspective, it completely makes sense. They are all in so much depth. They're playing all of their players extortionate wages, so, and that's why it's yeah. found also so ironic with all these guys. You know, I think Ander Herrera was the first player to come out and tweet yeah, about it. And funny enough, obviously, he plays with PSG, who supposedly weren't invited. Who knows? But it's literally like, I mean, do you know who your owner is, Ander? Do, do, yeah. do you know how, how they made all their money? But, although, you're I mean, coming let, here speaking righteously? I, I mean, let, let's remember the whole high I mean, wages thing. It is only, it's only like, it is quite, kind of like a small handful of players on, on sort of extortion. I mean, if you look, you, you've seen some great performances from clubs like Fulham, Burnley and Leeds this season. Um, and they're, they're on peanuts. Yeah. So firstly, um, on Florentino Perez, uh, sort of not 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 saying any lies. I think he 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 was you know, he was saying a lot of of things that are a reality, and there are problems that you know they've identified. And okay, fine. I guess we can believe that that was their target. Um, but one thing I would say that there just seems to be this um, idea that. I don't know. There just seems to be this blame for the pandemic from these like massive teams, uh, and when I, this like, has been of, in the pipeline of, for about ten years anyway. For, firstly, that, yeah. and also secondly, blaming their major, major losses on the pandemic. And yeah, it's it's had a terrible effect. Like, don't get me wrong; these big, big clubs can't fill out stadiums. They're suffering for it, but like they've been awfully run take barcelona they were they have been awfully arsenal like we have been awfully run for some time united too and so yeah, yeah and and to to come out and say you know blame the pandemic you know for our financial struggles i i just think is a bit it's it's i you know, I, I also feel like that's that's not completely fair i i don't think any one of these guys is saying that the pandemic is the sole cause for this death i think what the pandemic did is it accelerated. Um, I think it accelerated already un- unsustainable yeah. models. Yeah, and maybe the the problem with with the debt that these clubs are accruing is, you know, it, it circles back to the issue that I'm saying that football at the top level for these top top clubs is becoming so expensive, and the money in is is nowhere near the money out. And what what also people failed to understand once again is that. A football club at the end of the day for an owner. I'm a Liverpool fan, right? And a Real Madrid fan mm-hmm. too, but let's, let's just talk for Liverpool. Liverpool, so we got bought by FSG. Um, and the Fenway Sports Group, you know, they own other other sports in America. Um, they have the baseball team. And 
when they came in, I remember I think the fan reaction was was pretty strong because you know we thought, okay, obviously these guys have some money. Um, let's see, let's see how they invest. And I think they set up a really interesting model, um, kind of you know in the American sports vein of you kind of you build up initially. They obviously brought in Jurgen Klopp, which helped a lot. But you mm-hmm. build up initially, you're competitive to two or three years, and then you tear it down, and then you go again. And they invested money a little bit at the start, but when you really think about, you know, how Liverpool have been built in the last, you know, two, three years, the title winning team, the Champions League winning team, that revenue that was spent on transfers all came from players that were sold, you know, Coutinho, bankrolled a whole bunch of stuff yeah. for us that enabled us to buy Alisson and, and Van Dijk. But they've managed to turn Liverpool into a profitable business, generally. Um, and obviously this last year has been tough for everybody, but all owners, obviously, at the end of the day, want to make a profit. And obviously, you have problems when you have a club like Arsenal, who is run by Kroenke, and he has his fingers in so many other pies. So for him, it's mm-hmm. not um, it's not massively important how the club does results-wise, but obviously, he cares about how the club's doing financially. And for mm-hmm. fans to think that owners should just be like Abramovich or should just be like you know, Man City. Sugar daddies. Exactly, yeah. that are just going to spend you know, hundreds of millions investing in players without expecting any kind of reward back or any kind of, um, any kind of, um, you know, incentive to really do something. Sort of the fact that maybe it's just, it's just a toy they like to play with is, it's just laughable. It doesn't make sense at all. Obviously you're going to have these situations where these owners are going to need to come together and say, right, we're all making losses. We need to do something about that. And this is the best probable solution. And this is kind of why, like, I don't know that, ultimately the german model might be the way to go because you know all these clubs that are paying so much for players ridiculous amounts of players you know over 100 million for for players that just shouldn't be worth that much no one should be worth that much overpaying massively on wages these this maybe it's a time and maybe this is the moment where all of it just bombs down and the only the only thing paying you know normal amounts for these players the Um, the only the only thing i've got to say to that is a, I think we're too far gone, in, especially in the Premier League, to uh, to go to that and sort of be sort of the German model is. I mean, yes, the fans own 50, the fifty plus one rule, but with the big money that's in teams like Bayern Munich or in any other German team, it, it, they are by sort of rich Germans, effectively who stick about, and there is a lot of local investment by by local um, sort of pinups, basically. Um, yeah. So and 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 kind of English football has sort of lost that in the sense that you, you don't really have your um your I, I I can't think of any names right now but um you don't really have a, a local owner yeah. from the town who a, a local millionaire or something who can't afford to run the club as a, as a as a labour of love not in and the prem I think yeah not in the prem and if you and and people also pointing the finger at Perez Perez doesn't own Real Madrid mm-hmm. he's he's the president and Real Madrid is some basically a self funding model. So the losses, the losses incurred by Real Madrid and Barcelona, because they have this sort of socio model that I think only those two clubs and Osasuna and someone else in Spain have, maybe Bilbao, um, means that they they are they do have to run themselves, and they do if they aren't running in a profit, if they're in the red, they really are in the red. Yeah. And there's no real cash injection that can solve that apart from just more and more bank loans from local from local banks. This is this is true. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Yeah, it just feels like a potential turning point in 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 football. 
now. I'd, 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 I'd hope, I'd hope the... there'd be one, but I, I also think, think that this late. is, I, th- I think too little too late. And the reaction as well, for, I mean, yes, fans are, you, there are Manchester United fans at the training ground this morning wanting the Glazers out and they need to be sort of um, negotiated away by Solskjaer, Darren Fletcher, Carrick and But also Matic, when, when people think, come in but... and, and say that, it's like, okay, great. Who, but who, who are you selling to? Like, Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Who's going to plump up? Who's going to plump up two or three gonna, billion exactly, like, in the middle of a pandemic? Like it's a burger shop. I get. I get your point that it's too little, too late when these 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 clubs are worth that much, really, and you're just going to get another billionaire owner, and that that's a roll of the dice as well. You know, that's just. Is this owner going to be like Abramovich, or is he going to be like? Kronk? I mean, even I mean, even Bayern Munich, yeah. a German club with the fifty plus one rule, who are owned by the fans, have massive Saudi investment now. Mm, interesting. Um, so I, 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 nothing, nothing's really untouched anymore in that sense. You, you, it, it's, it's, it's very yeah. unlikely, I think. Although with Real Madrid, the the people who do own the club are fans technically. I think there's about ninety thousand of them, and they all just got to make sure that they can provide some sort of collateral for loans i can't remember what exactly how it works but it is it is technically found out but it is such a behemoth that with these english clubs because they're listed on stock exchanges and the like it's it's too little too late i think yeah and just to this you know we've we've moved on now almost but just rolling back to to you paul you mentioned like the the next tier of teams you know your everton's your leicester's that can all of a sudden uh, occupy these Champions League places, you know, and and one of the big issues with the the Super League and what all the fans and all these pundits have been saying, oh, the, the you know the competition. Um, I don't think these you know the Everton's and Leicester's just want to be handed the the Champions League, whilst the 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 teams above them go to this Super League. You know, it's you know you want to you want the process to be. Okay, now we're competing with the big boys. Okay, now we are one of the big boys. Okay, now you know what I mean. You, there's that like growth. They, they would, they would, stay. they would become glorified feeder clubs, probably. Yeah, it, I, but and, that's in, but that's impossible. That model in football doesn't work. Like, look at Leicester, and I think Leicester have done incredibly well ever since they won the Premier League. But to sustain a level at the top without having serious financial backing. Is, is impossible. In the, I think I think they've football. managed it. Was really clever I, scouting I, and really, I think really they've clever done signings. really yeah. well. But and and this they've is done also well. A point, okay, but like, like how ever since they've won the league, have they ever been in the shot of winning it again? No, only now no. in the last recent years they've been fighting again for top four, which I said is really impressive. But as Perez said, at the end of the day, if you go back the last 20, 30 years, it is always. And there are some clubs that snuck in, and let's not talk about that though. Mm. But <laughs> at, oh, the we'll of, talk about that. <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> It is always those clubs that are there when the dust settles. And that's completely true. That's why those clubs were but, picked. Those are the clubs with the most history, and those are the clubs that will continue to create the most history. I, well, they, they, I guess they're the clubs with the most history of the past 20 years, but like then you come in and you take the Nottingham Forest and the Aston Villas. Great, but, but they like, were good for five years, like ten, five, ten years. Like, but this, but he, the, the point is, now in the modern era of football, who have been the pencil pushers? You know, mm. who... Who who's been I, I, yeah. the teams that everybody mm. wants to? Watch. I, I also, but I, I also think that, that there's but... no. I also think that there's no guarantee that even the, like say Arsenal and Spurs did if the Super League did go ahead, and they have these places for fifteen years. What's the guarantee that they are actually going to play good football? There isn't a guarantee they're going to play good football. But the, as as I said, the reason they're in there at the end of the day is because those are the top 
those are I think the top twelve out of fifteen. Obviously, the clubs not invited that make the biggest revenue. Arsenal Football Club are a huge, a huge, huge team. You're in London, fantastic location. You've got a worldwide global fan base of players that you know fans that love players like Henri, etc. You know when mm. they were growing up, these fans are never going to go. They're still going to watch their team if they're if they're the worst team in the Super League. You know that's still content. Watching Arsenal lose five one to Bayern. You know, oh, back don't. back in the days of the Champions League. Don't use sports. that scoreline. Was <laughs> <laughs> a ten two on aggregate? I didn't pull that one. Oh my goodness! Um, but it was hilarious. So but I I I just think the business model is unsustainable. There was a. Do, do you remember when? Um, I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. The guy, the guy ran. This is basically what started Bolton Wanderers tailspin. Um, it was their chairman, whose name I definitely can't remember, because that'd be far too trivial. Um, who who tried to make um a close shot Premier League. It was very. It was. It was, it was definitely. Oh, like, really? Yeah, and um, I think it was going to be a two division league with the clubs in the division locked in, and they were going to add the old firm clubs as well, um, Celtic, Celtic and Rangers, with no relegation oh. past Premier League two, and wow. basically pressure from the league, from fans and other clubs stopped it from happening. Then Bolton got relegated and just hit a tailspin. Um, and 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 the plan and 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 the whole reason that he posed this plan was because Bolton had a completely unsustainable business model that was just purely in self-interest to protect their club oh i see i like i mean about the the the, the clubs picked i saw yeah. an incredible stat about um uh about these clubs that i think the 12 that were put together put all of the other leagues and all the the tiers of the of the five big leagues and combine their social media following, yeah, across all platforms. Do they have more followers than all the and ones put the together? twelve clubs have have more than all of them put together? Yeah. It's wow. it's insane. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, I'm sure, like we... Ronaldo alone is more than all of them yeah, put yeah. together. <laughs> but, well, what, I mean, what I was trying to get to with that with that little sort of Bolton um, yeah. little analogy there is, if you if you look when you look at Barcelona, you look at Real Madrid, and all the other clubs with these nine figures debts, nine figure debts, trying to pull 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 this out the bag just remember that they probably literally had no other option um to save themselves they they didn't go about it very well the pr of it was awful doing it during a pandemic when stadiums are empty probably meant that fans or meant that fans um immediately thought well they're doing this because we can't be there physically to protest this because they would in droves and that kind of thing so it did it smacked of opportunism um yeah but and and if you if you if you remember the whole sort of uh, what was it the, the big six earlier just was it earlier this year when they were project big picture when they tried to basically offer a one off bribe to alter the structure of the English football league um, sort of oh, chuck yeah. out a few million in order to secure this is when they tried to um, they were sort of offering a um, what was it called it was some some kind of like hardship fund for the lower clubs okay. but in exchange for more voting rights within the football league um oh i see so they, sort of, they are just trying to pull their weight a bit they are just trying to pull their on. weight yeah 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 it's... And, it is, and, and and the thing is these attempts are just going to be continual um it's just this one was so kind of in your face i was so ashamed as an arsenal fan that that i re- like <laughs> i on that monday i really struggled to do any same i'm ashamed i'm ashamed I that was... perez called Mikel pulis <laughs> so I'm ashamed about. But this, like, I just like. But this is the thing. We are. We were so, you know, our size is massive, and just to like 
genuinely squeeze in there like we just definitely don't deserve to be there currently and the fact that we're in a semi-final of the Europa League and we're trying to fight towards like getting back into the Champions Champions League League. and like it's a real you know possibility on the horizon and the fact that we just like make that all irrelevant and just go into this it was so it was really yeah, and it was it was me. like complete complete bs that clubs like i don't know frankfurt or even west ham um may qualify for the champions league for the first time in absolutely ages and it would have just been taken away from them like that if the yeah. champions league had collapsed and if the bluff hadn't been if, if, if they if they managed to pull this coup off yeah it was it was well i mean like i say it was a massive roller coaster yeah we... there, was, there was there was too much mystery about it no one knew what the rules of qualification for that... the spare places were yeah that i yeah i agree it wasn't it didn't seem fully thought out and i see your point paul about you know it's inevitability and th- i do also understand why these clubs would do this but it did seem like you know just the fact that the players and the coaches were completely in the dark about it and they're ultimately going to use the qualities of these players to 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 you know get richer and yeah, they yeah. had no clue about it so it's just something so off about doing it uh behind and it, and that and that really that really went to the highest level i think maldini who is the technical director of racing milan knew nothing about it it's um, and ed and ed woodward the, the, the reports are now coming out that woodward actually tendered his regna- resignation because he's against the plan um, oh wow! And he actually tended it before the announcement went out. Oh, that's all hearsay. I have no Which idea. Is, that, that is that is hearsay. We don't people know. were like we Mourinho know. got he's... sacked because he was like no. The, the, Mourinho, the Mourinho was definitely the, the Mourinho. Mourinho just Mother Teresa the hell out of his, his departure, which is genius. <laughs> I'm really surprised they sacked him. By the way, absolutely. Yeah, that we, we probably should talk about that briefly. Because um, I was gonna yeah, we just we've spoken a lot about this it? and r- rightly so, but we completely that that would have been the big news. news. Yeah, because yeah, um, I think Levy thought he was getting that stimmy from. From the Super League, so it was like yeah, thirty mils. That and also, and also, Severance probably would have been. It would have been harder to get rid of Jersey if he'd won the cup. Uh, I, he would have had also, a better bargaining position. Sorry, I'm not letting Spurs get away with 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 you know not being mentioned in the Super League chat. Oh, that, that's why we haven't spoken about them because they well, on, on on what ground should they even be in there? It's, it's not it's, worth mentioning. Are we kind? Ridiculous. <laughs> Just that, yeah. The 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 and Sony and Sony, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just Harry Kane. I, I bet you that the goodness within him, he would have left to, to club still in the prem, trying to break Alan. Trying to break Sarah's record, record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> calling it now. Ryan Mason's going to give Pep a real beating. Oh, we hope. We hope. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> no. I he's about the same that. age as half the players in that team. Yeah, he... I know. He's still so young. He's, he's not the early retirement. No, I don't. I, yeah, I don't think, I think he's he twenty-eight. I used to sign him on FIFA not very long ago. Yeah, he's, t- he's or an FM. Yeah, it's... I really am surprised though. I mean, especially because obviously Jose had his rants and stuff. Like he'd you know, yeah. say say a lot of shit, but mm. I was really really taken back by the players' responses to it. Like especially because I remember watching back Son's interview when I think it was when they lost to Man United actually. Yeah, and he was really and he was really really up. really down bad, and I was yeah. like, geez, like, and I think. It was kind of trickling through to some of the players that obviously you know he's he's on the hot seat and you know tactically they weren't they weren't the best side to watch I think but the players the that. players were fans of him 
if they well, were, Harry, they Harry just, Kane's a big fan of his son as well. Exactly. They were just not really all of bad. them. Loris was also a big fan of his. Too. They were just really was, bad. I, th- yeah. I think that was a big internal conflict because I think the bigger players of the team were massive fans of Jose, and then I think some of the kind of more fringe players weren't. I think the Deli Alleys and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, because obviously he's, he's, he rubs people out the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I hear your point. Maybe keeping him, and if he won, wins that trophy, then well, isn't, hasn't he won like twelve out of fourteen cup finals? It's it's something ridiculous like that that he's been to. Oh, really? It yeah. does. It, it, it's just idiotic from Levy. But I, I, I don't know whether as whether he was trying to deflect from the Super League news or whether he was trying to bury the Jose sacking news in, in the wake of the Super League. But mm. one one of the strangest business decisions Daniel Levy's made. Yeah, maybe he just. Exactly, just thought he could get away with it yeah. in that moment. Just because yes, because yes, you can get that. You, lots of teams get that fresh boost with a new manager coming in or with the departure of an old manager. But not True. not six days before a cup final. How have a few days it was. It was. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I agree. Well, we'll see. I, I still it's City's cup, isn't it? Really, that that. Yeah, yeah, cup. yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> They've yeah. owned it for the past. I want to say like five years. I'm trying to think who else has even won it. The quadruple is is done and dusted, isn't isn't it? Thank um, God, FA Cup. But uh, I I guess we will leave this chat to another time. We've got plenty of football chat to 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 burn through. Champions League, uh, a special episode on on the Euros as well to come. But now. Uh, with not a great deal of time left, let's talk about Imola and the race weekend, guys. Great race. I, I actually can't remember much because of the SL news, of in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it, it very, very well. It's like, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm sure yeah. our, our, the staff and fanboy remembers oh, yeah, 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 yeah. the details. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk us through it, Paul. Talk a little, little recap. So I mean, it all started off a little, a little bit crazy because, you know, there was I guess before every race weekend, all the fans are checking the weather report: is it going to rain? Is it not going to rain? Um, mm. And you know, Italy this time of year, I don't think it's. Actually, you can probably tell me better than than, than I'm about to say, but um, <laughs> I don't think rain is you know that common. I'm not sure. Um, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. So. Obviously, when it when it when it was coming down on the Sunday morning, everyone was was absolutely loving it, and that completely changed the first few laps of, of the Grand Prix. Because obviously, I think the interesting battle that emerged from qualifying was, you know, Hamilton on pole, and then you have Perez and Verstappen. Hamilton on the mediums, Verstappen on the mediums, and Perez um, on the soft tires. You know, being able to put pressure on Lewis early was 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 going to be significant for for a win, and. The race becoming a wet race completely changed that because obviously now you have three guys starting on inters. It's also some of the field showed softs, which I, I really didn't understand. I think Gasly and Ocon opted for the, the sorry sorry wet tires. Um, yeah, the Gasly wet. and Ocon opted for for full wets, um, and it, the track really didn't look that damp. I'm not really sure. What, what they... when how how far did Gasly drop again when he came in? Because he, he climbed back up, didn't they? He, he did, did right yeah. after, but yeah. he did bomb down but him and Ocon yeah, were yeah. really really struggling because the, the track wasn't like wet wet but it was yeah yeah it was wet it was all that spray in that first lap was yeah. quite <laughs> but i mean yeah i just you just see what we're in for this whole year you see verstappen excellent start he's saying you know the red bull Unreal team have worked a lot on, on yeah. race starts because last year they really weren't great like we're going to portimao um next weekend 
And I remember last mm. year, Max's start off the line was so bad that he got passed by like four or five cars. His engine really? wasn't working. Yeah. Um, and, you know, him him being able to attack so early, getting past Lewis in the run up to turn one, you know, really put the really, really put the race in his hands. Um, and I think actually we were denied a little bit of a classic because Lewis made a mistake, which he, he never does. Yeah. Um, which yeah. also is not actually true. You know, I was I was going back. He does and, make mistakes. He, yeah, he, no, he does. He's he human. does. Yeah. When yeah, when you know, I I think part of it is that he hasn't been put under pressure really in the last two years, and mm. you know, Bottas for me once again showed, you know, just why there's all these conversations going around about whether he deserves that second that second Mercedes seat. You know, he was yeah disgustingly bang average both in qualifying and in the wet so you can't even he can't yeah. even just act like you know it's a bad wet race but well, i'm trying in... to I'm, I'm sorry i'm trying to remember I'm, I'm just literally trying to piece together the race in my head but did, wasn't there like a brief moment where it looked like lewis might be able to catch up again because there was a safety car but then there was a dodgy pit stop was that a thing it, yeah i didn't think you would have ever caught max to be no honest. no no so, you, no, you know, he, he was chomping the first, down time on the first before stint, he's yeah. as well yeah so i think i think what the interesting battle has been this year between the two cars is what the crew is what i, what I wanted to ask about yeah you, so you reckon we're going to see more mercedes slip-ups maybe in the pit lane well that's the thing when they're under pressure and i think i think yeah. actually they I, i'm not quite sure if i read correctly but i think they they were they just like tweaked something on his front wing because remember oh, it fell off the start. Yeah. He, had a bit of, he had a bit of contact with Max, damage. so I yeah. think that's why it's a slightly slower stop. But yeah, he was catching him. I think you know he got his inters up to up to temperature a little bit later than Max did, um, and I think Max had you know struggling through the traffic as well, and Lewis was being able to pass the traffic at really good points on the track, and then obviously um, he he made that mistake when trying to get past George Russell, which. Kind of after that, just just gave the sap in the race, but yeah, a really mature yeah. drive from mm-hmm. Max, um, and you did well. a good championship battle to come. Thoughts on the Bottas Russell incident? Oh, I think Russell was completely out of pocket. Same, completely out of pocket. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I it wasn't really Valtteri's fault. I mean, you can say he moves. There's a, a tiny bit. twitch, but it's yeah, negligible. But I mean, come on, like, oh, that's yeah. Russell was just like way too. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was way too eager to show that he could get past the Mercedes in the Williams car. Fair enough, um, but yeah, yeah, he lost he lost control of the car. A really, really bad accident. Really, really glad both of them walked out of it completely safe. And then for me, like I don't know, I'm not the biggest George Russell fan, but he goes over and slaps Bottas with the helmet. I was just like, slap him? Yeah, yeah, he, he hit did him on the helmet. And I remember because oh, when when I, I saw him going over, when he was still in the car, or yeah, when he was still in yeah. the car, and Bottas okay. gave him a middle finger because I saw him go over and I was like, oh, he's gonna like check <laughs> he's okay, that. thinking like George Russell's, you know, camera. That's what to I camera, He's quite a nice person. But no, so, 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 so someone's potentially suffered whiplash and he's been hit in the head. Bloody hell. Exactly. That's a bit much. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm really... I'm sure Russell's a bit haughty. I don't know. I get that feeling from him. Not, yeah, to, not, maybe... not to randomly point fingers at people I don't know, but <laughs> just an impression. Well, I, I mean, I, I was I was sure. He definitely was angry. Obviously, he was, radio, he was angry but, over the radio, yeah. But he also, he got out of the car in an angry way and he sort of walked over to him in an angry way. But for some reason, I was under the impression that he still would have gone like... You know, he might have questioned what on earth was that, but he would have been like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, it's a bit of decency involved. I, I thought that, like, <laughs> I thought that tap was maybe like, "Okay, lad, like, I forgive you." But I, I, I guess it was literally like, "What were you doing?" You invitation were to fisticuffs. Whack, <laughs> and then Bottas. <laughs> apparently, Bottas didn't hear him at all and sort of just flipped him off because he just felt this thud. Right. Yeah, I think that's a bit off from Russell. That is. Yeah. Can yeah, uh, I don't rate can, that? Can anyone remind me of what the red so? Um, Lando was on the podium, wasn't he? 
Yeah, Lander, Lander came third in the end. And then what, Lewis, Lewis caught him because he was losing pace. Yeah, yeah. It's a great drive from him. Opted for the soft tyres and the, That's it, yeah. after the restart. Mm. And I, mean, I feel really sorry for Charles Leclerc because he drove a pretty flawless oh, race. Oh, yeah. He drove well. just, yeah. yeah, got jumped by those softs and then he did really well to hold Lewis behind. But I think what Lando should have actually done, obviously it's so much easier to say in hindsight, is he should have kept Charles in his in his DRS range. Obviously it's also quite risky. But Charles, mm. whenever he had DRS, he was always a little bit too quick on the straight for Lewis to get him. Um, yeah. And then as soon as he fell out of DRS range, he was just a was like in, in Eaten up. And yeah. do, we reckon, do we reckon Ricardo's still getting scripts to the new car? We'll yeah, him think... being more competitive with Norris later down the season. I think so. I think like you always need time to adapt. And yeah, I think definitely. he's 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 hopped quite a lot, hasn't he, in recent years? And I think he's never yeah, really settled. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, am I right? Uh, am I right in remembering were there two Alfa Romeos in the top ten, or did someone did the Giovinazzi slip out, or Raikkonen slip out in the end? Uh, I feel like it's a really so oh yeah yeah yeah. But another another solid drive from those two again. Yeah. Al- yeah, Alpha getting the points. I'm loving it. <laughs> They're gonna be competing. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I think it was a good, ra- it was a good race for Ferrari for for P4 yeah. and five, and that's I want to see more of that rivalry. That's that's going to be good going forward. And I think Ricardo is, as we say, he'll he'll get into it. But um, and do I we also dis- think Perez is still adapting yeah, was, as well? I was gonna say Perez just disappointed with that, uh, sort of. You know, he was he set himself to... up so well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah. I mean, I in qualifying, okay, fine. He outqualified Max first time. Max been outqualified since like 2018. Uh, yeah, pure pace. But uh, if you watch it, like Max made a massive mistake in in, in the first sector on his final run. Uh, he would have got pole quite mm. clearly by a couple of pence, I think. Um, but I don't know. I still looked at the the race speeds. You know, the lap by lap breakdowns. I did a little bit of banana. Uh-huh. And mm. I think Perez kind of was still a consistent five, six tenths per lap slower than Max. Um, okay. Perez is supposed to be a little bit more of a, a better guy in race pace, but obviously you have to take into account that it was it was, he was in traffic. And... Um, yeah, when he was in clear air, you know, still you can see you can see his time. Okay, interesting. Weren't, weren't anything special, um, but yeah, you know, he's still getting up to grips with the car. I think he'll prove. I think in the constructors' battle, he'll prove to be. More vital than Bottas, yeah. But like a, a race like like last weekend is 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 why they bring in him for Albon, and he's not done what he's meant to do. Like he's that that that's the kind of race where you know you need your second fiddle day to do his job. And yeah, like you, you yeah. need those points. Those are really really important points. And Lewis, you know, Lewis is still ahead because he got the fastest lap. Exactly. Right? But yeah. Him being yeah. able to recover from no points to second place is huge. And if Perez doesn't slip it's up, huge. and he's you know staying in that podium yeah. position you know, really easily could have been a rebel one two especially off the restart because Perez is in fourth yeah. has Seb Vettel lost it for good no this weekend <laughs> he was unlucky okay he was really oh, unlucky really? this weekend wow. yeah I thought he drove really well I thought he drove really well he did one really nice move actually on Perez yeah um, sorry yeah I remember uh, that where Sergio tried to get past him and he was just kind of like and he All right, took All right, him boy. again yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really good um, no he was just really unlucky this weekend I think. so you still have some faith left no I, I don't have any faith but I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just defending his corn and giving 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 him his dues where where he deserves them yeah uh, insert obligatory yeah, Mazepin spins again uh, it's just getting boring now he should just find a new personality I really right. like Mick Schumacher <laughs> he did well he did well Schumacher, yeah, yeah she, she, I mean that car is undrivable so it is. he's very unlucky to lose his front wing when he did yeah 
Uh, no, he's just a nice guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is. And, guys, um, driver of the day. I want... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Verstappen. I was gonna say Verstappen. I, was, I, I, I think he was brilliant at the start. That first yeah. lap, that that first, that, that, that's race. what made the race run. Yeah, and the whole race. But that that start was absolutely brilliant. I thought Carlos Sainz did really good considering because he made a lot of mistakes early on. He did. And then he, he pulled it. He clawed it back. Yeah. yeah, I thought he did yeah. really well, especially in the new car. And you know about Verstappen's start, he started in second gear, didn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's, a few other yeah. cars did too. But, uh, okay, um, but it's. Gotta have really good clutch control for that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. really yeah. sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's boy. it like that that it's just so cool because I really do think, you know, these points in the fastest lap, they could be the key down the line. If you yeah, think about how tight it season. is. Each yeah. each fastest lap will 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 be big. Um, who is who is who is your driver though, Carlo? Uh I'll go for you guys have, have said You're gonna go Lando. I'll, I'll go Lando, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's just, he looks he was good. good. He was good. Really, really yeah. solid this year. He seems, I think, the thing is, at McLaren, I think he's very evident. Zach, Zach Brown's got some plans for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's Zach his Brown team. It's his team. Him. It's, yeah, it's his yeah. team, yeah. And he's, you just can tell he feels so comfortable. Um, I don't think he's a champion yet, like mentality wise. I think he still has some growth to go. Um, but. You can tell there's talent there, and Absolutely. he just dro- he drove really well, and he's he also you know the focus he showed, um, it's impressive. Yeah, I think there's there's potential down the line. He just needs to yeah he just needs to grow up a bit. Maybe, maybe gamers just have longer attention spans. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> could well could well be his hours on Twitch or sort of helping. Could well be. Also, fun stat from this weekend: uh, Verstappen now six straight years of F1 wins. And he's only 23. I just think that's absolutely incredible. That's unreal. Mm. He's won a race he, every year he's been in Formula 1. It would be incredible if, if you know... No one will line, ever do that again. Yeah. If da- I wonder down the line whether he'll... Will, he, I mean, he has the potential to win a race in every year um, he competes. Yeah. And that, that, would be, that would be extraordinary, truly. Build him a statue. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. As in, it's still early days. He's still so young, but he definitely is going to be one of the greats. I think. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. He already is. I'll say, I'll say you, yeah. I'll say, I'll, <laughs> say, I'll say he's already got the ability. Yeah, talent-wise, he's yeah, yeah. already top, at least top ten. Wow, love that. Um, so look ahead to to Portimao, guys. We got a, a stacked schedule coming up. We got the straight weekend after that is is Ca- Catalonia. Well, yeah, Champions oh. League. <laughs> <laughs> the the speaking, you know, just F one. We've got we've got race after race and Monaco. Was it consecutive weeks? Well. Yeah, I believe. Oh, tasty. It, it's it's Portimao, Portugal, and then Spain. And I've got finals. Excellent. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So jam packed. What? What are we? Good luck with the finals there, Matt. Oh, thank you, thank you. What do we think uh, about Portimao and what it might bring? A little look ahead. I think it'll be. I think it'll be um, a good race. It was a good race last year. Really mm. lovely track. Um, I feel like the Red Bulls are going to be better. Yeah, yeah. Track it, wise. Yeah, a little bit more downforce is needed on on that kind of track. Um, so I think they'll do well there, and obviously the power engine um, still matters. So I think, yeah, I think I expect to see a poll for one of Maxwell Perez. Obviously, you can never count out Lewis. 
um see what Bottas does I mean you know I think he's he's really one of those people that actually like does quite well with criticism um so let's see if that fuels he fire. bounces back yeah yeah stent in the sauna and he'll be good as good <laughs> I I I uh I just remembered we um we predicted our well our podiums and our re- uh, sort of results for for Imola did we? Uh, we could do we can do the same for Portugal perhaps you didn't Matt but uh, Paul and I did <laughs> we I think we both predicted the Verstappen win okay uh, yeah. in fact Paul you got the podium bang on I think did you he? got Verstappen Hamilton Norris. Lando and I put Verstappen Hamilton uh Leclerc and then Lando so um spot on. almost Visionary. almost I was there was a point in the race where I it was like it was perfect and I was like no and and then that that sort of mm. I think a Hamilton mistake just sort of blew it up but uh well no it was it was russell crashing out with bottas that's what did it yeah exactly because i i had russell in the points just at 10th oh man yeah he could i think he could have done if he i think he would have got more than than 10th yeah quite possibly he's already 10th he was fighting for 9th exactly he's had some good pace but we're doing podium predictions we yeah let's let's do it i think i think i think the staff to take the cake okay i think lewis second i think Probably Charles Leclerc first. Uh, third, I think. I don't know. I just have a nice. feeling that there might be a sneaky Ferrari there. Cool. It's, I hope so. Um, Paul, what about you? I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a Max Verstappen win. And I'm going to I'm gonna say Ricardo bites back. I'm going to go for Ricardo to make the podium alongside... Uh, uh, yeah, I think Hamilton is a safe is a safe bet. So yeah, Verstappen, Hamilton, and Ricardo. Wow, Danny Rick. I think I think it'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting. There'll be one interesting bloke on the podium, definitely. That's not say not say that Hamilton and Verstappen aren't interesting people, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I agree with the Verstappen. I think he's he's going to build on this, and provided he has a has a you know no issues. Yeah. Um, I think he he'll win and. Lewis, it, it it's a safe bet. I'm just gonna, you know, go outrageous and say his luck runs out. Lewis choke. Yeah, not necessarily a choke. Maybe he hasn't Lewis, had like Lewis, a, Lewis crash or something. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't, like he hasn't a had a performance had DNF. No, like a performance. Yeah, like that's yeah, true, that's true. I'm, he's never, he hasn't retired in ages. Yeah, and say he does not finish. I think that's um, that's what I'm gonna go for. Uh, and then so what? Now, Toto in the car instead. <laughs> um i'm gonna go verstappen uh let's go bottas uh bouncing back r3 3.0 and let's <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um let's i'm gonna put leclerc there as well in third mm. but exciting um and i guess after we see practice and qualifying we'll have a better idea yeah, yeah. um so we can we can think about it rethink our our predictions then well, great. That is it for today's podcast. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Always a pleasure. <laughs> and thanks to the listeners. Always, always. On to the next one. Bye. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you.